0: Hey, everyone. It's Matthew. And Rizzo and I are back with another special interview for you. This week, our guest is Katie Tedman, who heads up Partnerships and Marketing at Dapper Labs. And for those of you who don't know, has been helping to spearhead their new project, NBA Top Shots. Katie's background is born and bred in sports. She started her career out at ESPN, where she headed up the NBA product, Then she moved on to the NHL and NFL, working in sports media, before jumping over to Dapper Labs a few years ago. We had an awesome talk about what NBA Top Shot will be, how they're trying to bring fans closer to the NBA experience by literally enabling them to purchase and own NBA experiences. It's an awesome project, but we also get into the weeds of what Dapper Labs is doing to bring the power of blockchain to the mainstream. We talk about her background uh, in sports and how she's using that to make Dapper Labs a sports company, which is awesome. Uh, there's one thing I should say before we get into the interview. After we recorded this, the good folks at Dapper Labs and Abby specifically took the time to sit down with me and give me a sneak peek of NBA Top Shot. And I have to say, it does look like it's going to be a pretty excellent project. So make sure you keep your eyes peeled for that. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy our conversation with Katie Tedman, head of marketing and partnerships at Dapper Labs. Okay, and we're live. This is Matthew, and I'm back with Rizzle for another special interview on The Scent Podcast. Our guest today is the Head of Marketing and Partnerships at Dapper Labs, Katie Tedman. Welcome to the show, Katie.
1: Thanks for having me, guys.
0: So to get started, I think it would be great for all of our listeners if you could just introduce yourself, uh, tell us a little bit about your background, what you're doing at Dapper Labs, and then we can get into some of the exciting projects that you're hoping to spearhead like NBA Top Shot.
1: Sure. Um, So I lead partnerships and marketing at Dapper Labs. Um, I'm mostly focused on IP partnerships. So partnerships with brands like the MBA and UFC and Warner Music Group. And um, really what I'm focused on is getting blockchain technology in the hands of consumers through mainstream channels. And so if you think about the megaphone that an MBA or UFC has, um, they reach a lot of fans and they reach a lot of fans and something that they have a lot of interest in. Um, and so we're, we've kind of taken that approach where we think that, um, we're going to build tools, we're going to build experiences, but we need to find partners that can help get, um, get the technology into mainstream consumers hands. And that, that is kind of what I'm focused on, um, in partnerships and marketing. Um, so whether that's a direct communication with, um, consumers um, or fans, or if that's working with a brand that's going to help us bring that message, that's, that's where my focus is. Um, my background is in sports and sports media. So before I moved to Vancouver uh, in Canada and joined Dapper Labs, I worked for the NFL, uh, before that the NHL, and before that way back in the day, ESPN. So sports is a natural fit for me. Um, We joke around sometimes internally that uh, it took me three years, but I finally made Dapper Labs a sports company. Um, (laughs) So I get to, I get to work on two things I love. I love new technology. I love, I really love um, the promise of what blockchain can bring to consumers. Um, And I love sports. So it's, it's kind of a perfect marriage.
0: And then well, on that second or last point, your love of blockchain and trying to get that to as many people as possible. Like what are the the distinct benefits that you think blockchain and blockchain related projects can provide to mainstream consumers?
1: So I think there are a few things. There's the really, um, the like really deep answer to that is I think that the concept of self sovereignty and, um, the concept of that kind of freedom is really awesome. Um, Sometimes I feel like that's like the anarchist answer to that <laughs> question. Um, I think that, you know, the, some of the stuff that we're not doing that others are doing, um, like finding ways to bank the unbanked, those kind of things are really important, um, for society. Uh, but the really simple and like day to day answer is that as a sports fan, um, let's say, like, as a basketball, I'm a fan of many sports, but I'll speak about myself as a basketball fan. Um, As a basketball fan, I think it's really cool that I could capture value from my relationship with the league or with my favorite team or with my favorite player um, in a way that I couldn't before. And I spend a lot of time, you know, being a a small, but hopefully, but mighty megaphone um, (laughs) for the things that I love, whether I'm like, live tweeting about it, or I'm telling my friends about it, or I'm buying tickets, or I'm participating in all these different ways. I think that the, the concept of being able to participate in that economy, um, capture value through, in our case, NFTs through tokens, um, and then be able to participate in this buying and selling atmosphere where the league and the teams have given me a different kind of value. They give me an entertainment value, but they give me a tangible value now. Um, I think that's super cool.
0: Yeah. And well, kind of flowing from there into NBA top spot, but I'm wondering if you could kind of explain like what NBA top shot will be once it's released and and pushed live and how it will incorporate all those elements that you were just talking about.
1: Yeah, for sure. So top shot at its most basic is a way to kind of own a piece of the action um and so great stuff happens every night um on the court in in the NBA um and fans love those things i love those things um and what we've done is we've basically tokenized um that moment in time where now you can own this kind of package which is it's an nft which you know i in this case i would almost think about as the same way as i have um you know, a a book full of ticket stubs or I have all of these physical things that I I collect. Um, Now I can collect digitally a moment in time, which is multimedia. It has video, it has photos, it has stats from the game. It encompasses this great play that that happened live. Um, And I can buy that and I can sell it and I can trade it. Um, And then I can also play with it. And so, The second piece of the, so like the core product itself is this tokenization of content. Um, And then we wrap, we're wrapping all of these different things that you can do with that content around it. And I think that was something that we learned um, from CryptoKitties that we thought was important that the gamification that um, around the kitties really adds value to the experience. Like the fact that you're not just purchasing a kitty but you're breeding for it and you know something about it and it has provenance all of those things feel important to us and so we wanted to make sure there's utility to the tokens as well as them just being like great awesome things that you want to own Um, and so around that experience you'll be able to participate in things like challenges where some of them are driven by us where you're um, you know, you're collecting the right stuff to unlock a prize, but others will kind of just be self-driven. So the example I always use is that um, I am a huge fan of international players just in general. So like I already in my head know what my collection of like Latvian and Serbian and French and Spanish and Um, and Japanese players will be, like I already, (laughs) almost the way I watch games has changed since I started working on this project, because I'm so excited about it, Um, but there's that that self-expression piece that'll happen around it, and a gamification, and then the whole thing will be wrapped in a mobile game, so you can download a mobile app, you can use the NFTs um, to play a mobile game, which is still in development, um, but will be some kind of management style game again all around that kind of creation of the best collections and the best sets and having the best stuff um, that powers you up Uh, and that is intended to be quick to play so it's something that you might spend a really a lot of time on curating your collection but then the game itself is something that you can play on your way to work or you can play on the bus um, that kind of thing.
0: In terms of a release schedule, like obviously the mobile app is under development. Do you guys plan on releasing the the minting function earlier on? Like what's the, the state of the release schedule?
1: We don't want to put a date against the release just because we want, we don't want to set expectations um, and then miss them. But we are probably just a few weeks away from being able to release content Um, And not just that, but we've been looking at um, the experience that we'll release as the MVP is not just a token. There has to be utility to that token. Um, And so we're actually looking at like what we call like a skinny slice of the whole collector product. Um, And Discord is the place that we've been kind of sourcing (laughs) feedback and kind of early testing and stuff. So I would guess that um, that's what we'll do as well. Um, as we are ready to start letting people into the environment, we'll start, you know, pinging people on Discord and be like, "Hey, you want to come in, play around, tell us what you think." Those kind of things. Ping
2: me, ping me, Katie. I want to, <laughs> I want to come in and play around and tell you <laughs> what I think. Uh, I had, I had the opportunity to sit down with Abby last week and get like a sort of sneak peek at the upcoming stuff and everything, and it took like every part of like self-control to not like totally fanboy like over the entire thing I felt like every single thing she showed me I was like oh my god that's so awesome and and by the by the very end I I felt like I needed to like say something like negative about something and I like pointed out some minor detail I was like Abby I just feel like (laughs) all I did was say like this is so cool this is so awesome the entire time um, I, I grew up playing basketball and, and uh, follow the NBA and, and everything. So this, like, and also have a love for NFTs. So this, like, checks a lot of boxes uh, for me as well. Uh, the partnership with the, with the NBA, uh, Katie, did, did that sort of just, like, fall into your lap? Or did you, like, proactively seek that out? Or, uh, I mean, you named, like, a bunch of us who could conceivably do something similar with. Uh, why, why the NBA?
1: The NBA relationship... First off is somewhat longstanding. So when I was at ESPN, um, the product I worked on was the NBA. I worked on the NBA um, on ESPN. And so there's some, like, some connections there to start out with. Um, and then also at some point over the last couple of years, a whole bunch of people from the NFL moved over to work at the NBA. So I have a whole bunch of ex-colleagues who were there. And I kind of just stalked people a little bit. Um, to be like, who can I talk to about this? I feel like this is a great fit. I'm super excited about this technology. I, frankly, I understand their world more than our world most of the time. Um, from like the perspective of I'm new at being at a startup. Uh, blockchain is pretty new from like a, an established technology perspective. So I, I actually more often understand where they're coming from than where we're coming from. Um, and I just, I stalked a bunch of people. Um, at the same time, we went out to um, investors of ours, at Andreessen Horowitz, who have been super helpful in helping us find the right people and organizations to talk to, um, and have been advocates for the space. They are like low key, um, some of the greatest advocates for, for the blockchain space, just in the work that they do day to day. And I found um, my contact, Adrian O'Keefe, Who uh, spoke with me and um, Sophie Gage from the NFLPA at NFT NYC. Um, And Adrian is like actually far more of an OG crypto person than I am. Um, I like went through our first call. I like basically like over explained crypto kitties. And she was like, yeah, I know I own kitties. And I was like, oh my god, I spent so much time (laughs) explaining this to you. You already knew exactly what I was talking about. Um, but they had already had a blockchain group together and they were already vetting um, potential products um, and they were already talking to other companies and they are very knowledgeable. Like they don't do things that they have a loose grasp on. They really deep dive. So their blockchain group has licensing people. It has um, content people on it. It has, um, I've, I've talked to somebody from their fantasy team who's looking at different things there. Uh, They have lawyers, they have, um, you know, engineers. And so they, uh, they're kind of the perfect partner because they deep dove into it. And we were lucky enough to kind of reach out at the right time and, and have, um, I think actually just be annoying enough to stay on their radar.
2: Nice. Are any of the players aware of what's going on or or do they have a hand in it at all? Or is it mostly like, uh, you know, higher level business uh, people involved?
1: So the way that um, relationships with most of the North American leagues goes is that they, you have to have a relationship with both the league and the Players Association in order to be able to use kind of the whole package of content. Um, And so we also have partners at the Players Association who also are fantastic um, and, you know, have a a deep experience in, in games and game licensing. We haven't worked directly with any players yet, but through the Players Association we'll certainly be working um, on a few deeper relationships and then probably some other areas where we're just reaching out to, you know, players who are interested, players who are interested in the space. Um, There are a lot of, like, loose connections between our organization and athletes through either investors or through personal relationships or through just interest in the crypto space. Um, but we want, we hope that frankly, we hope that players just think it's fun, right? Like it's fun to um, see people interacting around their content. It's fun from a gamer perspective. Cause I think at this point, many athletes are all, also gamers. So there's that angle to it. So nothing today, um, but certainly yes, in the future.
0: So, we, we talked about this at the top of the show, but spreading awareness of the blockchain to mainstream audience through these sort of like sports focused applications is definitely a major, I guess, benefit of pursuing a project like this from Dapper Labs perspective, I would imagine. But like from the NBA or any other sporting organizations perspective, like what is the benefit to them of pursuing a a relationship with a project like Dapper Labs to make something like an NBA top shot? What are they looking to get out of this? Uh, Do they want to deepen that that community connection with their fans or is it something broader?
1: So there's definitely the fan engagement perspective. Um, I think in in an environment where the NBA is no longer just like battling the NFL or NASCAR or NCAA for eyeballs, they're also battling Netflix, they're also battling Fortnite, they also are kind of like part of this larger media fragmentation. Building deep relationships with fans is really important. I think it's important for every organization that we've talked to, whether it's across sports or automotive or, you know, cartoons or like pretty much anything. Um, Everyone wants to build more meaningful relationships with their users Um, but they also want to do it in a revenue positive way because in order to stay viable you have to be a viable business and so blockchain this is the thing that excited me most about blockchain um, is that you can have a revenue driving consumer engagement that deepens your relationship with a fan that isn't just about giving away content or you know shouting into the abyss. Um, It's something that you could actually build really meaningful relationships while driving um, positive revenue. Mm
0: -hmm. And at a high level, I I totally can see that. I totally feel that as well. But then when you get down to like the user level, when they're interacting with, uh, at least until today, projects on the blockchain, obviously there's been a ton of friction that people have cited ad nauseum related to like wallet setup and management, key management. I know you guys at Dapper Labs have been working on solutions to try to make that better and make that experience more approachable, but just think on a practical level uh, in terms of alleviating some of the friction points that have plagued a lot of the projects in the space. Is there anything special that you guys are doing either with MBA Top Shot specifically or at Dapper Labs uh, more broadly to help? Minimize those friction points,
2: dude. Wait, wait till you see what they got, man. That was my biggest point of hesitation before I like went into the sneak peek and everything. I'm not. I don't want to like give out way anything. I'm not supposed to, or whatever. But I was sketchy on that, and I was like, oh, they. It's gonna be all right. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Katie. I didn't want to your thunder or anything.
1: <laughs> no, it's awesome. I'm so glad you liked it. This is also the reaction I'm having internally, which is why we're doing so much user testing because they're like. I don't know, the NBA fans internally are like way too optimistic and excited about this. And we're like, no, it's like, it's really good. Like what <laughs> we're working on is really good. Um, yeah, we, one of the biggest things um, for Top Shot is that it will be a username and password type login process. And that'll result in a custodial wallet that you can then um, make non-custodial in the future. So the first, um, the first time you log into TopShot, um, for the crypto community, you're, you're probably going to have to create a new wallet to hold your, um, your tokens for TopShot. Um, and then you can either unhook us or hook in another wallet. Um, it'll, it'll actually be a more multi-step process for crypto people than it will be for mainstream people. And that's kind of, um, probably annoying to the people who are going to listen to this podcast, but also the thing that we needed to do to make it, Frictionless for mainstream consumers, and the concept there is that yes, it's custodial to start out with perhaps, um, but for someone who comes into this ecosystem and then is like, oh wow, I want to, um, you know, I want to participate in other games now. Like I'm gonna just unhook myself from this one game, and now I have the I have the ability to use this wallet for multiple games. All of a sudden, you have all these people who have created wallets and now have this self sovereignty option that didn't exist for them before. So, um, you know, it might again, it might take a, a couple steps for the crypto community, but I feel like we're kind of used to a couple steps. Um, but it'll be far more stra- streamlined for the mainstream community. Um, just on that, like, login friction piece, which I think really is the hardest. Um, the hardest piece to figure out. And we're working with a ton of other groups in the community to do that. So um, we're not building everything ourselves. We're working um, across a couple different um, existing platforms and providers who I'm, I'm, I'm unsure if I'm allowed to talk about. Yet, so I'm not going to, <laughs> um, but it's, it's been important to us to only build the stuff we have to build um, and look to the community for the products that they've already built to fill in the other spaces
2: can you give us some like basic or, or general ideas of like price point, uh, individual selling individual NFTs versus like packs, uh, any details like that uh, for public release?
1: Alan will kill me if I give you pricing. Um, but... <laughs> That's all right. That's why Alan, if you're <laughs> listening <laughs> somewhere, Alan is like, Oh, I'm not Acadian. I don't know why. Um, So I can't, I probably won't talk about pricing, but I can say that we are looking at a bunch of different ways to sell. So from a primary sales perspective, um, we'll be selling largely through packs, but also um, through direct sale and in the near future through auctions. So all of these different ways to sell so that, um, you know, we don't, first of all, we don't always want to set the price, right? We want to let the market set the price. And so auctions are in both directions are important for that um the pack opening has been fun so like even internally when we go to the packs and I'm like oh man this pack sucked I'm gonna buy another pack, um, yeah. pack. <laughs> that, Like has been, yeah it's been super fun um and then there's always stuff that you're like that I just want to buy it Um, and so trying to figure out those the balance between those the direct sale piece will mostly be in peer-to-peer in the peer-to-peer market so you can open your pack not love everything in it and post it right on the peer-to-peer marketplace and so in that case somebody can come in and buy one or buy multiple tokens from you or um, kind of all sorts of the spectrum there but I think what we really want to do is we want to we want there to be flexibility so that the experience is fun for whoever is doing it. So if you're like, I'm just going to buy up a bunch of packs, and then I'm going to like organize a marketplace. I'm going to have a cottage industry about around it. Like that's cool. If you're like, me and you're like, I'm going to collect every Surge Ibaka token that exists, that's <laughs> cool too. Um, <laughs> probably we'll have the most extensive Serge collection on the planet. <laughs> but we wanted there to be kind of flexibility so that it's not just like packs or nothing. It's not just auctions or nothing. It's like kind of a spectrum of different ways. Um, on day one, it will probably be just packs and then the peer-to-peer marketplace will have direct sale just as we like continue testing and rolling out additional features.
2: Awesome. You know, I'm excited. I want to open some packs. <laughs> um,
1: the, pa- uh, the packs themselves look good too. <laughs> We've talked about if the packs like are collectible.
2: Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I mean, it's just such a flashback to like my own childhood and, you know, uh, collecting sports cards and everything. Um, Katie, curious to hear your thoughts on like how the coronavirus and the suspension of uh, NBA games. I mean, obviously, you're not a fortune teller or anything, but uh, I was thinking about this while prepping for this call. And, you know, I'm like, on the one hand, uh, maybe it could be like a weirdly positive thing for your rollout if people are sort of cooped up and starving for sports content. On the other hand, uh, you know, obviously, there are no games being played. Right now, uh, do you guys have any uh, opinions on how the lack of the NBA season right now will affect your rollout?
1: It's another thing you should ask Alan about. I keep being like, so can we launch early? Like, what if we launched right now? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Which the the technical team does not love. Um, But I think it's, you know, I think we, the way that we're thinking about it is a mix of content that happens every day that's like, you know, from live games, and then also a great library of content. Um, every season has great content. And so if we're looking at the best plays from this season, from last season, from many seasons ago, um, there's a lot of stuff in there that's that's interesting and relevant now, even without the live game being played. So I think that for us, um, we're less looking at it as... Um, Oh, this is an opportunity to hit a captive audience and more like how can this be fun all the time Um, and how can it be fun now for for people who maybe want to do something fun right now but is something that needs to be sustainable even outside of a time where we're all um, stuck in our houses so if anything i think like i'll be interested to see what the metrics look like from the point we launch which will again is in the very near future um and you know year over year what does this time next year look like not like we actually know what that looks like but if i'm still in my house i don't i i don't know what i'm gonna do so (laughs) let's hope next year we're back to business as usual at this time just
2: opening pack after pack after pack from having cabin fever (laughs) and (laughs) being
1: cooped up for so long um my whole wardrobe is like just Sweatpants and sweatshirts hanging up in my closet. Yeah, I see that future. That future is close to now.
2: It's the work from home uniform. Uh, for sure.
0: My imagination is just like running wild, trying to imagine what what this end product is going to look like. I'm super jealous of Rizzle having had that like inside. You should be, geek. man. <laughs> And just like to echo what Rizzo was saying, um, as someone who collected sports cards as a kid, like this hits, this checks a lot of boxes in terms of just getting excited, and then also just to to have that deeper connection with uh, with the sport that I personally love, but living in Asia. Given like the time zone differences, it's hard to to follow the games uh, as I normally would be able to. So having a game like this is uh, like another vehicle to actually maintain that connection despite being half a world away. But zooming out a little bit from NBA Top Shot to looking at like what Dapper Labs is is doing a little bit more broadly obviously there's a lot of talk uh, about the development of the flow blockchain. And I know a lot of people typically like to ask like, Oh, like, is it the Ethereum killer? Uh, I'd like to kind of like flip that on its head though. And, and ask you like, how is flow not an Ethereum killer?
1: Um, yes. I would love to talk about that. I'm just going to go back to your Asia thing for a moment. We talk about that all the time, how, um, how we can also, engage fans who maybe don't usually get engaged in the same way as local market fans do and create content specifically that's regional um, where you really can only access that in a certain region. And then that, you know, those moments get really um, like, really kind of interesting on the secondary market when not only do you have scarcity at play, but you have regional scarcity at play too. If you're trying to, again, make that like, international set if it's native language from like, you know, uh, France and Korea and Japan and like all of these different places, Mexico, whatever you could have, like all of these different really interesting content lines that, um, that are rewards for the people in that region for being great fans, but also are interesting to people globally. So just super excited about that too. Um, on the flow side, I I do, we see that headline all the time and it, um, it makes me sad because I think Ethereum has been a great, um, place for people to explore what's possible in this space. And if it didn't exist, we would never have been able to make CryptoKitties and we love CryptoKitties. So, um, so our relationship there is that we think that Ethereum is also still great for decentralized finance and is a great platform itself and can be used in many different interesting ways, we just couldn't scale on it and we had to find something that we could scale on. Um, from a platform perspective, we feel pretty strongly that um, that using side chains and using private chains is not the route, route that we wanted to go. That sounds to us a lot like, um, like a private database at which point why code and blockchain? It's not easy. It's hard um and so we see a world in which we interact with ether with ethereum um in a bunch of different ways and that it's it's not about a zero sum game i think we should all recognize at this point that there's not going to be one blockchain that like arises and conquers them all um there's going to be lots of different ecosystems that are going to support different things and as long as we can be interoperable and as long as we can interact with each other then we are fulfilling kind of the the greater vision of blockchain technology
0: totally and i I mean how is flow actually defined as being a blockchain for nfts or what's the actual pitch on that
1: um we think about it more as a blockchain for like scalable experiences and so to call it something that's for NFTs alone would um, kind of exclude all of the different tools that people build on um, on different blockchains, and which we're already seeing kind of come out of the Flow ecosystem. Um, and all of the other, you know, there are pieces that are um, financial service oriented that will need to be built in to make it interoperable, to make it um, usable, and so it's not just a place to kind of like generate your NFTs. We think about it more as like an ecosystem that, um, that you can find great experiences on, uh, which is like a little high level. Um, but we're already seeing some, you know, interesting stuff come out of it. We launched the Flow Playground last week, um, maybe a week and a half ago. Um, and we're already, we've already seen uh, over 600. Uh, projects on it. And so we're seeing people want a noodle. Yeah, it's it's going really well. We had an awesome um, community member make a dark mode version for us. Our, our version was like the white background and it got really metal really fast, which is awesome. Um, and so like, already just seeing lots of stuff going on in there that makes us feel like really excited about what that future could hold um, to create to create great experiences for people to have. And then for those to be able to to scale to the size of, you know, an NBA fan base, which is 1.6 billion fans globally. Like that's, we want to be at that scale.
2: You know, I'm just thinking here, man, like every, every platform that we've had on here, I'm like always trying to think of like some question or whatever, just to sort of like get under their skin a little bit or like, you know what I mean? Just poke holes in their project or whatever. But I'm like, I, like, I can't, Yes, yeah. I mean, you know, everyone's got their role, right? Uh, <laughs> but this is like one of few projects. I'm like, shit. I like everything. Everything they're saying, they're like all cool. I like everything that you've showed me. Your ideas, working with the NBA. I, I mean, seems like exactly uh, what this this whole NFT space needs. I mean, it, it seems like we just needed one big uh, buy in from an organization like the NBA, and then all like the dominoes start to fall, right? It's like at one, once the NBA roll something like this out successfully. And, and if, if you saw, not to keep bragging, Matthew, I'm sorry, man, but if you saw like the <laughs> sneak preview, <How> dare you? <laughs> it's, it's like, okay, how, how is this not going to be successful? Right. It's, it just seems like a, uh, you, you know, for it to make a terrible pun, like a slam dunk. And, you know, I'm like, this is where like the walls start to fall uh, around crypto in general, because um, it, you know, someone over at the NFL is going to see this and be scratching their head and, and want some skin in the game and, uh, and who wouldn't, you know what I mean? It, it's, uh, it's the extension on the sports cards that, uh, you know, really had their heyday back in like the late nineties and, and are still trying to like, uh, you know, get back to that era. And, and this seems like it could be, uh, the beginning of that era, um, So, I don't know, Katie, I I wish I had some holes to poke in your thing, but
1: I I don't have (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that I think is cool is, like, we've talked to the guys at Panini about their project. Like, that's cool. It's cool that even the older version of this is looking at this environment and is saying, how could this not be the future? Um, And in a perfect world, all of these things work together like you can bring your assets into TopShot or you can take your TopShot assets and bring them somewhere else and like that. When that's the thing for me that we'll have finally like we as a community will finally have made it once we have that true interoperability and I really hope that we can help push that forward. One of the things that we you know we talk about internally um, when we're onboarding people in a lot is that like there is no, the only right answer is the one that is right for the technology and right for the community. Um, and so we've gotten some, we have gotten tough questions, right? Like we've gotten tough questions in Discord. We've gotten even tougher questions privately from um, the people who have especially kicked the tires for flow. Um, but that stuff makes products better. So um, we encourage people to to poke holes and to point at stuff and be like, that doesn't pass the sniff test, or this could be done in a better way, because um, that's the kind of feedback that is going to get us to the point that we can actually, um, we can actually hit that true mainstream success. Um, And I keep saying it, I keep saying that, like, for Top Shot, like, we have to be idiots to mess this up. Like, it's so, the creative is good, the concept is good, the support is good. Like, I'm so excited to show it to people. Discord is the worst for me, because I, like, I'm like constantly on and every time we get a question that's like, Hey, what's next for this? Alan's like, don't feel like you have to answer. Like we we have, we have a timeline, stick to the timeline. I'm like, but I want it now.
2: But Before I actually met you, I'm pretty sure I actually said that verbatim uh, on Discord, that Top Shot needs to be idiots to mess this up. And then Jim linked me to you. He's like, hey, by the way, they are members of the Discord channel here. I was like, oh, hey, nice to meet you guys. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, Katie, normally I'm pretty good at po- poking holes in people's projects and would love to continue to give you guys... Uh, feedback on stuff and continue to try and poke some holes in it, but it, it really is a testament to your guys' work that uh, your your stuff is coming out sharp and getting the type of feedback and, and excitement around it that it is. So, um, yeah, I, I would imagine that by the time you guys roll out, if it if unless like the you know sky comes crashing down or something, it's going to be a, a pretty tight rollout.
1: Yeah, we hope so. And even if it's not, we'd love for you guys to to poke holes at us then.
2: I will.
0: <laughs> and I don't have a, a hold to poke per se. And it seems like from CryptoKitties to Cheese Wizards uh to, to this and the Flow Rollout, I feel like you guys have been doing a lot in terms of cultivating these very interesting communities. And if there is one criticism I've heard other people mention, it has to do with that community, actually. It's probably a function of the community being so passionate and the team being just like having limited bandwidth in terms of what's possible to communicate what's on the the longer term roadmap and things like that and people within the community could could feel a certain way and maybe feel like they're not being listened to and not being engaged with by by the team as much as they could but i'm wondering for nba top shot specifically like is there a community strategy longer term outside of having this, obviously before it's released, really close interaction with the folks in the Discord? Um, Is there any forethought put into kind of really solidifying that community once the project is live and out there?
1: Yeah, so we look at um, the community, especially in the early days in two pieces. One is ensuring that the fidelity of the project make sense for the crypto community like we we want to frankly not like hand out stuff but we want to reward early adopters for adopting early and we know that will be the crypto community there's just no way that it won't be um and so making sure that what we're releasing um works for the crypto community is extremely important for us and then also having that cohort of Um, mainstream fans who are, you know, who have a collector mentality, who, who already are kind of primed to join our larger community. They're kind of the second cohort there where we're like, okay, we almost have two, like two groups of the community management where one group will focus on making sure that from the crypto perspective, it all, it's all great. It all makes sense. People feel valued. They feel like their voice is heard. Um, I hear that criticism a lot um, about us, that sometimes we're we're not listening to the community. I think what we actually do is we don't do a great job always of acknowledging we're listening to the community because we are. Um, and internally, in our own channels and in our own meetings, we're constantly referencing specific community members' feedback, constantly referencing stuff from Discord, stuff that people have said on Twitter, emails that we've gotten to the, like, hello at Dapper Labs um, email box so we definitely can do a better job of um of that of the communication in the other direction to say you've been heard um because truly we truly do listen to the community a ton um but yeah so we're thinking about that kind of early cultivation and then in a perfect world the community manages itself like this becomes something that we aren't always poking at people to you know respond and to um to like and to to whatnot it's something where people are like okay i get it this has these tokens have value this experience has value to me this is fun um i'm gonna be a creator of you know of challenges in the future as like a community driven challenge or i'm you know i'm gonna take the lead in making kind of a great storefront experience because you know because i i can do that um and also you know, in, in a similar way to how the Kittyverse happened and the Cheesyverse happened, um, creating an environment where it's possible for people to, um, you know, build tools on top of the game. So we're looking at all of those things. Um, and you're right, it's sometimes it's a resources thing, just that we don't always say, like, we don't always DM back and say, hey, by the way, this was really helpful. We brought it up in our internal meeting on this subject and we're addressing it. Um, but we always have that in mind.
2: Does the, does the community have any say? I, I mean, I'm assuming you're not going to roll out uh, NFTs for every single M- NBA player. Uh, does the community, as, as their input affected, who, what players get featured in the initial rollout? Or how, how did you guys decide uh, who gets the you know, initial spots?
1: So it's a couple different things. Um, we're for sure listening to the community for the first set of content. Um, we are using um, kind of a system of like how how great a play was for that season. And then we also want to make sure that there's variety in it. So it's like... Um, we can't just have every dunk. Like we'll have blocks, we'll have crossovers, we'll have euro steps, we'll have circus shots, we'll have like all of these different things. Um, and so there's a there's a few levers there. There's one that we have to balance. It has to be balanced because ultimately it's going to go into a mobile game. So the the economy has to be balanced from a couple different perspectives. Um, The second thing is that some stuff that fans love is not going to be okay um, in general. (laughs) So like (laughs) we're probably not going to use a moment of a player untying another player's shoe type thing. Um, But we will have, we will have the things that show the sport in its greatest glory. Um, And then for sure, we're going to do a ton of stuff. That's like, which, which token would you prefer minted? What player are we missing? We'll for sure have, um, some, like the MVP version, which is just like an email that's like, give me this shot at Top Shot, nice. <laughs> you know, like stuff that people will come to us and tell us what they want. Um, we do have a few restrictions that are going to be um, kind of a bummer for people, one of which is that um, while we're trying to find a way to work with a couple of retired players, there are going to be a couple players who are kind of outside of the purview of what we're allowed to do. Um, but for the most part, the relationship with the league and the PA gives us a really wide berth um, to work with any, um, almost any retired player, except for a short list, and then um, any current player in the NBA.
2: Do you know of any players like who have interest in crypto, or like, are there any like go-to players who you know have some like knowledge of blockchain chain technology that uh, would? find this to be, like, really cool, even if they're not, like, totally aware of uh, the the project at the moment?
1: I'm not sure. Um, I know of a couple players who are aware of the project at the moment um, and who, like, are interested in crypto in general. Um, I wonder if crypto is the thing that's interesting here or if gaming and marketplace is the thing that's interesting here. Like, if, if you love crypto, are you, like look at a player getting out of basketball, but looking at a player like Russell Okung in the NFL. um, He's super, super into crypto from a currency perspective, but gaming is like not necessarily his jam. Um, And so I wonder if um, ultimately the players that we see involved and interested will be players who are more interested in um, gaming and kind of like the fun side of it than they are the crypto side of it.
0: That's a super interesting way to kind of frame the open question uh, about not just NBA Top Shot, but I think a lot of the, the games and, uh, experiences that are being built on, on the blockchain now. I think, <laughs> I mean, this is just my surmise, but it, it will be about the game or the community or like, things that are not obviously crypto related that I think will get a lot of people excited to use these projects that are built using like blockchain technology. But heading towards the end of the show, one of the questions that Rizzo and I always like to ask our guests. So if you were to open up your wallet right now, what are your most prized NFTs that you've been collecting?
1: So I have quite a curated collection of kitties. I'm not a breeder, um, but I have curated um, two areas. One, sports kitties, um, which is my favorite, um, and I'm constantly trying to get the team to do more of those. Um, and then other kitties that I've, that I've like, had a personal hand in or have worked on that um, that are important to me, again, not just like within the game, but also just personally important. Um, I have a couple of, um, I think I have a couple of, um, things from Gods Unchained as well from when we did the collaboration with them. Um, and I am always coveting a, uh, a Crypto Punk, which I do not have one yet. And I like, I'm just waiting for the right one to invest in. Um, and then there's a new, um, game called, uh, arena golf from in the arena sports and I have a couple of golfers there I'm hoping that one day they like morph into real life golfers um but in the meanwhile it'll be fun to like play in tournaments and stuff with them
0: cool um well before I, I go into the last question Rizzle, do you have any last questions you want to ask
2: uh Katie who's the greatest NBA player of all time
1: uh Jordan Oh. <laughs> that, was that a trick question? Was that... <laughs> no, 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 that's
2: it's a solid answer.
1: I'm of an age that I would say Jordan. I could see yeah, myself at one day being of an age that I say LeBron James, but I we've just outed ourselves for being old people by saying Jordan. I'm just going to say that.
2: <laughs> that. That is the correct answer being of around our age and also rele- releasing a new basketball product. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with you.
0: But before we go, I want to make sure I give you the chance to plug all of the the channels that folks need to pay attention to and follow. Obviously, there's the uh, NBA Top Shot uh, Discord that we'll link to in the show notes. But are there any other channels, both personally with Dapper Labs and then for NBA Top Shot that folks need to be aware of?
1: Yeah. um, So we also have a great, for any kind of developers listening, we have a really great um discord server for flow which is like pretty lit every once in a while Dieter gets in there our CTO and like just starts holding court which I don't ever understand what he's saying but at the same time just like I'm so wrapped um with attention on it <laughs> um, so that I can also send you the link to that one if you want to include it um but we also have twitter um for top shot so it's mba underscore top shot um, and that's really more where we're doing kind of day-to-day um, social engagement. Discord has been more about like game updates and, and those kind of things, but it, it's a good place to to join if um, if you want to talk hoops. And then Flow also um, is on Twitter at Flow underscore blockchain. So um, both of those are great. Um, there's a whole slew. I probably could go on for 15 minutes of all the Dapper Labs accounts, but um, if you <laughs> if you go to Dapper Labs yeah.com you'll get you'll get exposed to a whole bunch of
0: stuff cool well katie it was a pleasure to be able to have the chance to speak with you hopefully after the call maybe i can get like a little sneak peek <laughs> into NBA top shot so i'm not feeling so left out <laughs> but i'm really looking forward to NBA be top shot specifically but then everything else that diaper labs is in the process of cooking up uh, to push out there so thank you so much for your time
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. This
0: was super fun. Hey, everyone. It's Matthew again, and I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Katie Tedman, head of marketing and partnerships at Dapper Labs, as much as we did recording it. As always, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and recommend it to anyone whom you think would enjoy these special interviews with the builders and creators in the crypto space. Our next special interview will be with Drew Harding, who is a robot at Metafactory. And after that, we'll be bringing you a special interview with Sebastian and Nathan from The Sandbox. I hope that you enjoy your weekend as much as you can. Stay safe, keep that physical distance, and we'll check in with you on the flip side. Send on, everyone.